You know, one of the great stories of Christmas is the story of the visit of the wise men uh, from the east. So whenever the story of the birth of Jesus is told, uh, we hear this delightful part of the story about these men from a foreign country, strange men maybe, who brought gifts to the baby Jesus. And ever since that time, you know, every children's pageant that you see, including the one today, uh, has Joseph, Mary, and Jesus in the middle, and shepherds, and wise men, and angels. And so these wise men are usually three nervous little boys that are dressed up in some kind of unusual way, uh, bringing gold and two other gifts that they can't pronounce to the Jesus, the baby. The, the story comes to us only in Matthew's gospel, and all that we know about the wise men is found in this little section, these 12 verses. They show up in verse 1, and they disappear in verse 12, and they leave behind quite a few questions uh, for us. Here's how it reads. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ child was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. This would be quoting Micah. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring him back. Excuse me. When you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the child and Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Matthew 2, 1 through 12. This story is kind of of the wise men is uh, shrouded in mystery. Uh, from tradition, we seem to know a few facts and details, but as you study the scriptures themselves, we find that there are a lot of questions that we can't answer about these men that showed up in this biblical text. For example, how many were there? We don't know. Where did they come from? Well, we don't know for sure. Uh, how, did, how long did their journey take them? We don't know. They seem to have shown up mysteriously, and just as mysteriously, they're gone. But one thing 
that we can be certain about is that the number of wise men and women increase in every generation as people continue to seek Jesus Christ, our Savior, born in a manger. Today, we're, we're going to talk about that and think a few minutes about uh, these wise men. I mean, have you, you ever started a journey, but you don't know where you're going? I mean, you ever taken the risk of stepping out of your front door into the not knowing? Ever trusted the promise of something that you've never seen? I mean, have you ever had faith watching and waiting for something that is yet to be? You know, sometimes the maps and the books and asking people is just not enough. We do our research, and sometimes the answers don't come to us from human effort or human wisdom, but sometimes the answers come in a moment with God, uh, a moment of heaven on earth. These wise men, they saw a star. I mean, out of the night sky that they had studied for years, something new and bright caught their eye. A different star appeared. And though they didn't know where it would take them, they set off to follow this star. They had seen a sign of the newborn king. It was, it was their time to go. They followed the star. Sometimes maps just don't get it done. The predictable path maybe that you think you're on might not be enough. Logic might not explain it. There's a move in your heart. There's peace that he gives to you as you walk a road that you've never walked before. In my heart, there's peace. The only light that they saw was the light of a star that was ringing out that said to them boldly, God is not very far away. Follow him. And they kept on following. Kings wanted to kill this newborn king, this newborn baby. Nations were threatened by him. Many people reacted against this baby's coming as if they knew there was something about him. There was something different about him. They saw this child, but this child, would shake up everything. He did then, and he still does now. Never could they have imagined, I mean, think about it, never could they have imagined uh, what was going to happen. There was so much death, even that surrounded this, this birth, yet God hints at that when he makes a part of the story these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They had no idea that this journey would take so long and take them so far. But that's what happens when you step out on faith. They followed the star. They knew that the moment when they, that moment when they arrived to meet God face to face. I mean, think about the joy, the emotion that they had when they arrived at the place where faith had brought them. So they grabbed their gifts for the child and they entered the house of the king. And before they could think or speak or even know what to say, they're on their knees. All they could do was worship him. Thanks to God pouring out of their mouths and out of their hearts in adoration for a God who would move into their world and our world so that everyone might know him and be saved by him. 
They were lost for words. Nothing could compare uh, and prepare them for this encounter with Christ, the hope of the world, God in the flesh, God in person, God with us. Oh, and they knew it. They knew from that day on that nothing would ever be the same. The reason for their existence would, was utterly changed. I mean, this journey on, through their faith was one that they had come to know and realize that they were meeting God face-to-face, one-on-one. I mean, when you know that you have just met God, when you know that you have peace deep in your soul, in your being, you realize God is not very far away to everyone that would be wise in him. So what do we learn? Uh, What do we understand uh, from this story? Just three simple things. Uh, First, number one is a wise person's journey, and I say wise person because, you know, we say wise men, but it's wise men and women. You know, I think we ought to have a sermon sometimes with wise women, right? Uh, The wise person's journey is one of faith. Do you notice in the scripture it says, they say when they get to Jerusalem, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We have seen his star uh, in the east. Uh, Here they come. They are so willing to open their hearts. They have come uh, to worship him. They were willing to step out in faith and to follow wherever God would lead them. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us much. It says they're from the east. You know, the major empires of that day would have been Babylonian and Persian. So there's a lot of thought about that. The Babylonians were um, famous for specializing in studying the stars. Uh, We also know that during the Jewish exile, Daniel, and we read it in his book in the Old Testament, was a faithful Jew and a faithful prophet that was considered a wise man. You remember... um, Daniel was risen to a place of leadership in the Babylonian Empire. Uh, Daniel became a leader among them. Uh, a lot of scholars think that maybe these, these wise men, maybe they knew Numbers 24, 17 that says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come forth from Jacob, and a scepter shall rise from Israel. So when they saw the star... From Jacob, they said, they were ready to go. They were ready to go to worship this king of the Jews, this one who was king of kings and lord of lords. So whatever the case is, the important thing to realize is that when you decide to follow Jesus, God will direct you. God will lead your path. He has always been faithful. Throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament, we see the children of Israel walking across the wilderness, and there's a pillar of fire at one point, and there's a pillar of uh, a cloud by day that would lead them. He provided them food and clothing and when, they were, when they were hungry and when they were thirsty and when they had need, God was providing for them. You know, God may not lead us in quite that dramatic a way, but God promises 
purposes to lead us as we are wise men and women of faith. Um, someone said the eyes of our faith are willing to take the next step and God directs the next step. That's part of the journey. So we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what is going to be ahead for us. But what we know is that God desires to lead us. God desires to show us a way. Jesus said, I will not leave you alone. I will send you the comforter, the Holy Spirit, who will guide you into all truth. So it's God's spirit. You know, we're not looking to the sky to find that next star to come along. The star of all stars has shown up. The Holy Spirit is present with us to lead us day by day, dwelling in us, letting uh, us place our lives in him, leading, directing, guiding every step. Every wise man and woman in every generation is divinely led by God, listening to and heeding his spirit and his word. But these wise men, all they had was a star. Can you imagine the neighbors? You going on a journey? Yep, we're going. Where are you going? Oh, we don't know. How long are you going to be gone? Not sure. What are you going to be doing when you get there? We're going to worship the king. Oh, what king? Oh, we don't know. Well, why are you going? Well, because we read the scriptures and we, we have a star in the sky and we have this strange stirring within our hearts to go. You guys are nuts. That's what they would have got. Wise men? I don't think so. Uh, but these men were on a journey, and it's a journey of faith. You know, when you take a journey, when you take a step of faith and you walk with him, everybody probably won't agree with you. When you decide to follow him, you're following not just what somebody else tells you, not just some map or research that you've done. You follow. See, the fact is, the, the fact is that uh, God always, on these journeys, God always involves faith. It's impossible to please God without faith because anyone who wants to approach God must believe that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Hebrews eleven six. People of faith have to be willing to respond to the challenges of the unknown and over and over again continue to follow in his steps. What a great example for us today, that wise people on a journey choose to follow him in faith. Number two, a wise man or wise person's journey is one of worship. It's one of uh, worship. Matthew records that these wise men ended up in Jerusalem. I guess that was the most logical place to go, uh, the center of Judaism, the temple, the high priest, and of course, the palace of Herod the king. <coughs> Pardon me. If anybody would know the, the path to the birth of a newborn king, it would certainly be somebody in Herod's role, right? Wrong. Uh, they went to Herod and they asked the question, we understand a king has been born and we have come to worship him. Where is he? But King Herod knew nothing about it. He should have known. He was familiar with the Old Testament prophets, but he didn't really know. <coughs> so here they come. And Herod decides that he's going to take some steps. You know, he says sarcastically, come back and tell me and I'll come and worship him as well. Well, you know, he didn't want to do that. He wanted to kill him. Uh, he wanted to stop. You know, it's like a kid standing before a locomotive saying stop. Or like a man standing before a hurricane and said, stop blowing wind. You know, that's no good. That's like Herod trying to say, I'm going to stop. Nobody can stop the Messiah. Jesus came uh, for us. 
Herod might have been a wise man in the eyes of the world. He called his chief priests around, and they knew where the Christ would be born. They knew it. They had memorized it. They had learned it. I'm telling you, a lot of people in the world today think that they are wise men and women. But, I mean, there can, you can have lots of degrees. You can have lots of key roles. You can be a politician. You can be all these people that might be called wise. But if you decide that you don't believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin and that he lived a sinless life and came to offer forgiveness to us on a cross and through a resurrection became the reality of Christ risen from the dead, then you're really a fool, not a wise man or woman. That's our challenge. That's our encouragement uh, to us is to remember uh, what he has done for us. Um, you know, when, when these wise men came, they came to worship. <clears throat> they were intending to worship. Wise men came on this journey for the purpose of worship. I'm struggling. Thank you. They brought with them uh, gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And these gifts are uh, filled with symbolism. Gold represented wealth, fit for a king. Jesus is the king of kings, so worthy of such a gift. Frankincense. It's from the sap of a tree that is dried and hardened and used as incense in worshiping God. Therefore, it's a gift for a deity, one that is divine. Jesus is the Son of God, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Myrrh is a fragrant perfume that was used to anoint the dead, to embalm and preserve them. Jesus was the sacrificial lamb, and there is more to worship than gold and frankincense and myrrh. You probably didn't bring any of that today. You left yours at home, I guess. No, we realize that there's more to worship than just those gifts. Worship involves sacrifice. Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. True worship requires sacrifice. The greatest gift that was given is the greatest sacrifice is that we give ourselves to God. So what are you worshiping today? If not Christ, then are you worshiping something else in your life? Maybe there's an emptiness that you feel this Christmas. Maybe you feel unfilled until you come to know Christ as the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of God. We have these longings in our heart, longings to know him, longings to worship him. Isn't it amazing that we give to everyone else at Christmas time except the one whose birthday it is? We are called to treasure him and to offer ourselves as the gifts to him. What does God want above all, all else, above everything else? He wants me. He wants you. He wants your heart. He wants your attention. He 24-7. The, the question to ask is, what am I willing to give him? Am I willing to give him my best? 
Am I willing to go on a spiritual journey of faith with Christ as I worship him? Am I willing to get out of my comfort zone and to follow Jesus? The wise men were. Are you? Are you willing? Number three, they not only took a journey of faith and a journey that was one of worship, but a wise person's journey is a journey of change. A journey of change. Scripture said, Then being divinely warmed in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed from their own country another way. Now, I get it. That probably means that they took a different route home. But I think it also helps us to think about the transformation and the change that happened in these men uh, as they came uh, to worship him. Men and women who come to worship Christ throughout generations, we always go home different than when we came. We go home in a different way. You can't go home the same when you truly worship Jesus. We are never the same. In our, in, in our scripture, uh, you remember uh, Saul of Tarsus. He was the one that became the apostle Paul. Uh, the scripture says, as Saul, before Jesus changed his name, he was breathing out fire and threats against the church. He was willing to kill Christians to preserve the purity of the Jewish religion. Then he met Jesus on the road. He had a moment with him, and he was never, ever to be the same again. He walked away different because of the transformation that happened when he met Christ. The, these fishermen we meet, vacillating, cursing, hard-boiled kind of fishermen, Peter, Andrew, James, John, we know those names. But when they met Jesus... When they met Jesus, their lives were changed and transformed, and they were never the same again, transformed by them. Uh, we recognize that. You know, you, once you meet Christ, once you have an encounter with God, everything changes, doesn't it? Doesn't it change for us? It always has been that way. So we are reminded today of the transformation that comes to us. Uh, three things. That we could uh, not just know details about these wise men, but how could we apply it to us? First thing I was thinking was that if the wise men could find Jesus, so can you. So can I. I mean, think about all the barriers they had to cross to get to Jesus. Culture barrier, uh, distance barrier, language barrier, racial barrier, religious barrier, not to speak of uh, the hostility of the king and the indifference of the religious leaders. It would have been easy for them to say, oh, my goodness, forget this. Let's just go on. It would have been easy for them not to find Jesus, but they did. And if they found him with all of that effort, you can find him. I don't, I don't know today. Maybe, maybe there's just a few of you in this room. Maybe you just came for church this Christmas Sunday or to see the kids play today. I just want to tell you, if you've never connected and found Jesus for yourself, today's a great day. He helps us remove all the barriers so that you can come to him and that you could worship him. Also thought, if God can use a star to reach these men. I mean, these were pagan astrologers. Then if he could use a star to reach these guys, he can use just about anything to reach anybody. 
He can reach anybody. I mean, sometimes we sort of despair. I mean, maybe you're even thinking about uh, Christmas. I know we had a lot, a lot of conversations through Man Church about uh, who, who was in our family, who could we witness to, an opportunity to, to, at, at some kind of gathering, how could we share uh, the gospel. Maybe you have family and friends uh, that you are longing to come to Christ because nothing seems to have the slightest effect on them. This story gives you hope. Our God is infinitely creative. You looked around lately? He's creative. And he continues to be creative in how he works to bring people to him. Some seem so far away. He can use a star. He can use a book. He can use a song. He can use a track. He can use a, a comment along the way. He can use a, a struggling moment with health. He can use anything he desires to bring our loved ones to know Christ. Isn't that hopeful and encouraging? If he can reach the wise men, he can reach anybody. Praise God. And if the wise men offered Jesus Gifts fit for a king, so should we. It's good to remember that the tradition of giving gifts at Christmas didn't start with Santa Claus. It started in Bethlehem. It started with the wise men. Often we get caught up in giving and receiving, uh, but it's good to give gifts to each other. I love that. It's a wonderful part of our celebration, but it's better to give good gifts to Jesus. It's good to show our love to those that we love. It's even better to show our love to Jesus, the one who loved us when we were unlovely, to show us the love of God shown through the, the coming of a child in a manger. Really, that's the central meaning of this story and of this season. So this year and, and every year, all during the year, we return to Bethlehem. The baby that's lying in the manger, the king in the cradle, the, the one that is God in diapers, the sacrifice resting in a mother's arms. Before long, he will arise to do his work and the world will be completely changed the moment the baby comes, comes to a manger. So just think about him. You know, he deserves all the love that you can show him. He deserves all the devotion that we can offer uh, to him. You know, I think about these, uh, these wise men. They come, they come into the room. I don't know if they had a, a speech prepared or what they were going to say, but I think it was overwhelming, don't you? When they, when they walked in there and they realized who he was. I've been thinking about uh, myself at Christmas, and uh, I've just been wanting to worship him and adore him. You know, it makes it... Um, We want to do what they did. We want to get our knees before him and worship him. We sing it all the time. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Some of you looking at me like, what is he doing? I just need to kneel before him. What do you need to do? 
Um, let's sing that again. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord, for he alone is worthy for he alone is worthy for he alone is worthy Christ the Lord would you bow with me Lord, um, on our knees, just like those wise men today. Maybe we're on our knees in our heart as we think about what you have done for us. So, Lord, we celebrate you this Christmas Sunday. And we pray that in a few quiet moments in church today, that we would be willing to take those steps of faith with you. All they could do was worship him. Thanks and gratitude pouring out of their hearts and their mouths for a God who would come near to them. They're lost for words. So are we. Nothing has changed us the way coming to know Christ has changed us. Lord, we are grateful that just as the wise men, that we can meet you one-on-one, uh, -on -one, responding to your care and your love for us. Lord, this morning in this place, if there's one of our friends here that has not fully embraced you as Savior and Lord, today I pray that in this place they would say yes to Jesus. They would turn from self-centeredness and walking in their own way and would put their trust completely in you. Lord, today, we thank you. We thank you for sending Jesus. We thank you for the faith journey that you take us on. We thank you for the wise men and women that you help us to become as we trust you. So today, Lord, we offer you our gifts our praise, our adoration, our love, our gratitude. We worship you, Jesus, as Savior of the world and as Savior of my life, our lives. We praise you together. We love you today, Lord, and we worship you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.